Hi, I'm Edward from Swainswick. I'm one of the church wardens and I'm a licensed lay worship assistant as well. So for the last five years, um, I've been running services every now and again on a rotor up at Swainswick. Rob has asked me to give a little talk today, a little um, reflection on the passage, Mark 5, um, about the, the um, man who was possessed. And um, so, before I start it though, I want to say how much I've enjoyed being on Zoom with the St Saviour's um, Church and for the last year really. And it's been really fun meeting people and um, just, just a much greater sense of belonging. I'm in my garden right now and I can see down below the, the uh, St Saviour's Tower, um, which is great to see. Anyway, here we go. So Jesus had had a rough night in the rowing boat. Well, it wasn't that rough for him because he slept in the back. Do you remember on the cushion in the stern where the boat is least rocky? The storm came up, the winds started to blow and the, the disciples said, what's going on? This is terrible, we're gonna drown. And he, they woke him up, they rudely awakened him. Teacher, don't you care? We're gonna die, we're gonna drown. So Jesus gets up, he calms the storm, he chastises his friends, and then he goes back to sleep, I reckon, leaving them terrified. Firstly, it's pitch black. Secondly, who is this guy sleeping on the pillows in the stern of his boat? Yesterday, there were crowds around them, he was teaching and healing people. He's just calmed this great storm, it's pitch dark. They're in the boat. And darkness can terrify people. In the early morning as the boat neared the shore, <clears throat> there was a man watching. A man who lived amongst the tombs in the mountains, plagued, the story says, with an unclean spirit. He'd been shackled, but he was so manic, he broke the chains. Nothing could tame him anymore. Now, living among the tombs and eating pig meat, that made you really unclean in the Jewish law. So to go amongst the tombs um, was, and see people eating pig, and it was just not the right thing to do. <clears throat> Whilst looking at this talk, I realised that um, Isaiah, if, I looked at, if you look at Isaiah um, chapter 65, it mentions that there were people sitting among graves, spending nights in secret places, eating, eating pig's flesh. They would call out to God. Don't come near me, they would say, I'm too holy for you, they would say, taunting God. This angered the Lord and he provoked them. In the early morning, as the boat neared the shore, there was a man watching from the heights above, a man who lived amongst the tombs and in the mountains. He was plagued, the story says, with an unclean spirit. He'd been shackled, but he was so manic, he broke the chains. Nothing could tame him anymore. So when I was reading the last few chapters of Isaiah, which I really recommend, it's just so... Um, it's so, uh, there's so much going on, so exciting. You'd recognise all the, 
all the phrases that we've um that we just know and i'll come you'll come across one i'll be mentioning it later on um so i really love isaiah right now anyway <clears throat> so jesus is in his right mind wouldn't be going amongst the tombs because it make him unclean. Reading those last few chapters of Isaiah, you read about the future hope of the nation of Israel, rebuilding ancient ruins, restoring the land, restoring the people, mixed in with what had gone wrong. God's separation through the sin of the people, the rebellion against the Holy Spirit. No one calls on your name and then redemption. The lion will lie down with the lamb. There'll be no. He- there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, restoration. Now remember, Jesus knew these scriptures intimately. He read from Isaiah to the scribes and the Pharisees. He lived and breathed the Psalms, the Torah, and the prophets. He probably knew them all off by heart. So I can imagine him. Can you imagine him? Knowing the Isaiah and seeing the um, seeing what he was seeing, the stones, and he probably glimpsed the man, and then thinking about the uh, Isaiah sixty-five passage. But imagine the other way around: the man sees the boat, and he can make out its passengers. He knows that something odd happened the night before; something really miraculous. The storm just stopped. Who is landing here? Are they visiting me? Are they going to shackle me again? The man saw Jesus and ran down and knelt before him, the story says. And he shouts out, Jesus, son of God, most high. Now, how did he know that? What have you got to do with me, Jesus, son of the God, most high? curious isn't it how did he know that this man possessed he was a gentile how did he know that jesus knows the the makeup of the spiritual world from his temptation in the desert he's experienced demons and satan and he 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 knows what's going on he he knows the battle is there which is why he is known by the demons that the man who comes rushing to him and say, God of the um, Son of the Most High, he, he's known, he's known. There's no doubt about it. I mean, let's face it, it's awkward talking about demons in this day and age as um, modern rationalists, um, even modern rationalists, how on earth can you believe in the resurrection of the dead? How can you believe that Jesus rose from the rose from the dead? It's um, it's it's a monstrous untruth according to um, modernists and a lot of a lot of rationalists. But as Christians, we have to we have to stand firm, and despite the the battles that we potentially can have, and the, we have to stand firm in in God's in God's love. Um, there are demons and there are things which go on which we can't see. You can sense fear, can't you? You can sense danger. You can, you know there's something about someone, uh, some, some spirit, you would say. I looked around on the internet and, of course, the pictures you get of devils are of those medieval devils with little, little horns and maybe a little 
tails out the back and often they have kind of a uh, shriveled skin. Um, on our cathedrals, you get those depictions of gargoyles. Uh, even in Swainswick Church, there's a, there's a small little gargoyle in the, in the actual building. You know, and it's really, it's really interesting, but we, we can't dismiss it. And Jesus was known by the demons. And remember, he'd cast them out already in, in Mark. I had a dream a few years ago, actually 19 years ago, <clears throat> where a man stood at the end of my bed. I wrestled him down, down the stairs and bundled him out of the house. He walked back along the lane towards the A46. He was wearing a yellow jacket, an anorak. I've always thought that it was a demon. I was meant to get him out. I wasn't scared in the dream in any way. I think I'd recognise him again today. But I've always put him down to being someone who was watching me and being a demon. I've also seen people behave strangely around, um, particularly uh, preachers on the street. I think we can't ignore the fact that there is a real battle going on and it's against the powers that we can't see and the principalities that we can't see either. One of my friends, um, he, he sadly died now, but he had bipolar. And whilst they were sorting out his, his tablets, his, his lithium level, levels, at night time, he would scream out of the window above where I stayed, screaming out to God and heaven knows what else. It was really frightening to hear as, as I was a young, young person then. So there is, although I wasn't scared in my dream, there is an element of fear, and I don't think we should be fearful. Earlier in Mark, the Gospel writer tells us of a man being healed at the synagogue in Capernaum. The spirit of the man was commanded to leave and be quiet. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him, the, the scripture says. We know from God that John in John, that he created all things seen and unseen. And yet our disciples, they hadn't figured it out yet. Who is this Jesus? Remember, they were terrified in the boat. And their experience was building. They'd seen the healings and they had the teachings. But now even the wind and the rain and the sea, they obey him. So Jesus says to the man amongst the tombs, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. What's your name? And the man answers, Legion, <clears throat> which means many. And don't send us out of this area. So Jesus sees these pigs and he sends the spirits into the pigs. I read that um, the great pe preacher Spurgeon said that at this point, Satan would rather vex swine than do no mischief at all. He is so fond of evil that he would work it upon animals if he cannot work it upon men. So that was, that was Spurgeon. <coughs> so as I said, Jesus puts them into a nearby herd of pigs who now run into the sea and drown. You may ask why they weren't destroyed. 
But remember Jesus, although of course he was the son of God of the Most High, he hadn't yet gone through with his death on the cross. Where from Colossians 2.15, we're told that he disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them by him. So he puts the demons into the pigs who then run into the water. The modern reader would say, what a waste, it's a bit weird. But I've thought about that before myself and it just can't be that simple, can it? Because I see, I see God's mercy in the life of this Gentile man and I see God's mercy in my life and in the lives I've seen saved. God is a generous God whose mighty hand saves. Mark, again, would also be familiar with what Daniel wrote about the terrifying beasts coming out of the water. So any beast that should come out of the water, best place for them is to be put back into the water. And also remember that the Romans had colonised the land and they were hated. So the pigs' deaths could also represent the cleansing of the land of, of, this, of let's say, the spirit of the Romans. Also, I think if you look at Jude, there's a reference to angels being bound in eternal chains as they had deserted their proper place. And also there's a reference to the, the, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, saving just a few people. Again, you could say, well, that was a lot of people to destroy just for a few. But remember, God is a, a mighty God, mighty to save. And he loves us and his infinite wisdom is far greater than we understand. At this moment, the eyewitnesses implore Jesus to leave the area. They felt uncomfortable in his presence. He wasn't welcome. They couldn't see him or sense the kingdom of God approaching. They didn't like the status quo being rocked. They didn't like seeing this new thing. Jesus had told his disciples earlier, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. The next moment in the story is that the healed man wants to get back in the boat with Jesus, to get away from the swine herders, and the people who had chained him up? Wouldn't you want to get in the boat? Get in the, man, get in the boat with the man who just healed you and just see what was going to happen next in your life? But no, Jesus says no. You are to stay here and tell of what's happened to you. To tell of how much the Lord has done for you and how he's shown mercy. Um, I looked up what Bishop Tom Wright said, <clears throat> and um, interestingly, he refers to this man who's healed as the first apostle to the Gentiles, as he's commanded to tell the good news to the ten cities which were to, be, which were to the southeast of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus travelled towards his death in Jerusalem, healing people, sharing his humanity. He took the Roman lashings, which had small stones in, to make it hurt even more. He let the enemy do its worst to him physically, but spiritually he won the victory over death, so that we who believe in his name have eternal life, 
Our battles are real and we must guard ourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ. That leaves us today, living the story, telling the story, which is the Bath and Wells Church motto. Sharing how Jesus had, has had mercy in our lives. He's forming us, making us in his image, to be his children. The man in the story declared God's grace in the Decapolis. We have our own city, the city of Bath. So thank you, Lord, for your mercy in our lives. And I pray we may tell your story here today.